Welcome back. You're listening to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCallaghan with you today until three o'clock. And we are joined for our usual Tuesday, Tuesday special. I'm going to call it the Tuesday special, Andy. Hey. <laughs> Hi. I'm going to call it, the, that's what I'm going to call it, the Tuesday, Tuesday special with Andy Dumbina. Hey, I like that, Cruz. <laughs> Thanks very much. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going to try and keep it upbeat today. Most of, most of everything that I've got... Uh, Rather than looking at how the world's doing in difficulty, it's um, mo- mostly. It's, uh, I want to talk about good news. Oh, um, thank it, you. There it's is the some. antidote there... to the the human condition currently. So please well, go for gold. Well, I mean, I mean, there is a bit out there. So um, actually, when we spoke last week uh, or last time, rather, um, I uh, uh, I didn't have time to mention that something that had happened two days before that. So um, before um, uh, the current COVID spike. Hong Kong had just managed two Sundays ago to get in its first sort of serious wine auction, um, one of very, very few in many, many months. And you know that Hong Kong in 2008 dropped the tax on wine to become a uh, a kind of a, a hub of wine auctioning and sales for collectors as well as uh, those who like to drink it in, in this part of the world, in the Asian region. So it was really lucky that... Uh, that one of those managed to go ahead in a brief window, but you know, just before the figures went up, um, and there was a brilliant response, which was an international response with bidding happening uh, from outside of Hong Kong as well as the allowed number of people in the room who were raising their palettes with, uh, you know, with enthusiasm. Um, it was um, it was Christie's Auction House, house, which is one of the few big ones that does tend to have very. Um, uh, uh, a strong calendar of, of auctions throughout the year in normal times. This one was uh, called the finest and rarest wines and spirits, so it included spirits catchy as well. Title. Definitely a catchy yeah. title. <laughs> it certainly is, and it totals uh, 42.1 million, or in US uh, dollars, that's 5.5 million US dollars one Sunday afternoon to early evening, which no. is quite, yeah, that's incredible, no, isn't it? really? Yeah. How yeah, many yeah, bottles I mean, of wine? Well, um, I haven't got the uh, the numbers of of how many bottles went of everything. I mean, some of them were very highly priced, uh, priced because they would be uh, first releases of a certain vintage or, or some, of, some of the things that achieved the most sales actually were Scotch and Japanese single malt whiskies, which um, the Japanese ones in particular you know, have become very sought after because they're produced in such small quantity that people who have managed to cling on either to enjoy or to resell um, after, say, 10 years or so, they become, they're, they're, they shoot in value even more than uh, than what are called rare Scotch whiskies. So um, so the sale total for Scotch and Japanese whiskies achieved 150-plus percent over uh, the auction estimate. Wow. So, you know, in, in these trying wow. times... That was that was kind of interesting, yeah. And ninety nine point only the figure, but I do know that ninety nine point three percent of all bottles put forward sold. So that's that's wow. uh, that was yeah. Do yeah, you so think, enthusi- do you think yeah. Andrew that Andrew yeah. Andy? Do you think Andy yeah. that a little bit like I found recently with having to spend more time at home and things mm. that I'm now using all the things that I've always kept around for a special occasion, even like face creams oh, yeah. or perfumes or anything. Yeah. Do you think that same thinking might be applying to the world of wine? Like, what's the point yeah. of I'm just going to get that rare bottle that I want and yeah. drink it? What's yeah. the point? Like, you know, the world could change tomorrow. <laughs> I, I really agree. Um, I, I mean, I've been 
Uh, I, I had a couple of bottles that I've bought over the last few years that I had been saving either for anniversaries or birthdays or things like that. And I've just downed them. <laughs> no, 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 I'm exaggerating slightly there, but but let's say I've saved I've, I've savoured them um, during during this during this period, um, and uh, I've still got a couple left actually, so I won't give the full address, and they're not that they're not that worth that much, but but they are special bottles that are a bit fancier than some others, and um, and I think we you're so right, I think that we do need to reward ourselves because I have to say, like you you just mentioned, I've also polished off some liqueurs which I didn't even enjoy which have just been there I never I wouldn't have touched them I would have thrown them out if there's been another year or something peach schnapps or something (laughs) exactly so so um, uh, obviously uh, there's a a sign there that's 99 plus percent of all of those sold out maybe hopefully some people had the same idea and weren't just going to keep them in pristine condition to uh, to sell on at the next auction or some some way down the road at other auctions yeah. Um, so, so that was uh, also just one last word on that. That was a fifty percent increase in sales um, from the same time at last season in uh, in July that Christie's held a, a wine and spirit sale. So I think it does back up your theory there. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Good. Um, so um, a few lifts um, in uh, in mood in the food and beverage uh, uh, kind of uh, area for for Hong Kong. Um, something that I sent you a quick vision of before because I noticed it and it prompted me to look into this a bit deeper. On Lama Island, where I'm phoning from right now, I spotted that uh, an Indian restaurant on Spicy Island has uh, got a sign-up uh, and is using social media for those who follow it to, uh, to say that it's giving free meals for those in need. And it's a small, it's a small restaurant and it's, uh, it, it, it wants to give to people that really can't afford it or whose livelihoods have been severely impacted by COVID-19, and I stress severely, because all of us have really, mm. most most people who, mm. who aren't on the, on our salary. Um, so uh, um, it's, um, it's something which uh, I called up the, uh, the owner and chef this morning, uh, whose name is uh, Deepak Singh, just to get a word. And uh, he, he just said that uh, he's actually also had uh, quite a few sponsors in a few days, but it's been up for people of all ethnicity, you know, um, from South Asian and... Uh, uh, Hong Kong Chinese to uh, to Caucasian. So just I was just interested to know if people had taken him up on that. And um, he, it, but, it, but very humbly, he says he's simply carrying on a tradition that his father started um, because this Spicy Island restaurant is the second incarnation. You lived on Lama at one point, Cruz, didn't I you? Did. I don't know if you remember. I did live on don't know if you remember. Yeah, the the original one that his dad started, um, which is now a different restaurant entirely on a corner. Um, and his dad no longer not no longer lives in Hong Kong. He's gone back to the family home in India. His dad used to do the same thing, you know, not in times of uh, a plague or whatever, but um, but in uh, in you know just for for people that he thought is a charitable gesture, people who were in need. But nice to see that's uh, continued down to the sun. Oh, um, I think it's a wonderful idea. It's a, it's quite similar to I've always loved that. I think they do it in other countries. I haven't seen it in Hong Kong before, but that's mm-hmm. not to say it hasn't been here before. With that, um, you know, before like buying a hot drink for someone else, you know, oh, when yeah. you go and you buy yeah. two, so that one's right. there, so someone, so there's some in store that have already been paid for. So when you go in, you could also yeah. be, you know, I've always thought is the loveliest idea, especially in the depths of winter, right? When you know it's um, but yeah, yeah absolutely, wonderful. It, it is a great idea, and that's a really good idea, perhaps, for some of the larger uh, coffee chains, if they can afford to do it, to mm-hmm. uh, 
to to offer that in these times. Um, but yeah, I haven't ever seen that in Hong Kong, but I know it exists elsewhere. Yeah, well, um, power it, to the people at Spicy Island for for their support yeah, meal. That's yeah. a beautiful idea. Definitely, definitely is, and it made me dig a bit deeper into this subject. And uh, I uh, I had a look just at a couple of food um, distribution NGOs around Hong Kong this morning to see what how they've been affected. And um, one of the one of one big one called Food Angel has actually felt it needed to spend a percentage of its output um, uh, distributing um, meals until July the twenty fifth, pending uh, you know w- what's going to happen on COVID, uh, whether it will still be as prevalent as it is now, whether there will be uh, um, government restrictions on. Uh, uh, on, on people being working together and so on. It's still producing meals to the needy in sanitary conditions, but instead of whole meals that they were delivering before, they're offering meals that they're pre-cooking with fewer um, staff numbers and then chilling down so that they can be reheated by people who are in need, living on their own or living at home or di- have with disability or hardship. Oh, so, um, it, so they're still going, that's Food Angel. And then another one, um, Feeding Hong Kong, which is huge charity that collects and redistributes um, surplus food from restaurants and bakeries and re- and, uh, and other catering companies. I contacted them today and they're definitely, they're definitely still operating um, to a large extent. That's really even better news. It's, um, it's CEO um, that I was in touch with said that they're still able to support, um, uh, they're the back end to support 140 other charities that, uh, that distribute food. Um, and that's that's a large. But this afternoon alone, after our call, or maybe starting during it, they're packing 400 food parcels to give to these other charities to distribute. And tomorrow they've got um, they've planned to have another six pallets worth of food to sort and repack for distribution. So uh, wow. that's, that's yeah, that's feeding Hong Kong. If people would like to see what they do, it's feeding. Feeding Hong Kong. Uh, HK. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. You know, we were um, talking last week as well about, um, you know, with all the, uh, the the new regulations that have come into play and people not being mm. able to eat out at night in smaller groups and things and, and how we've both been so impressed over the last few months, um, amazed yeah. really at the, the innovation of the food industry. But yeah. it's, it's so interesting to see that same level of kind of innovation happening again here with these mm. charities, you know, like thinking it about is. cooking and chilling meals. And I think it, it's, it's one of those things where... I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's a horrible time for hospitality, but I, mm. it's fascinating to think about how this is going to influence how people think about food prep and preparing meals and all those sorts of things into the future as well. Because, um, yeah, yeah it, it's a really, it's a, if I wasn't so depressed by it, I'd be really fascinated by well, it. <laughs> well, hopefully in a couple of months' time, fingers crossed that things, you know, that maybe get the lid on things, but, you know, I don't want to predict anything. Um, maybe some of this good practice will creep into everyday food and beverage operations i agree yeah and i mean Um, hats off to these businesses because i think that and and charities as well because it's um it's incredible the amount of dedication these people have been having to their jobs because we all need to eat and especially in times like this society's most vulnerable really really need to eat um so it's awesome that you've been in touch with them and that they're still doing what they're doing so cool great it is good um, it's, yeah, meaningful, meaningful. Slightly less meaningful, but interesting. <laughs> um, a couple of uh, lighter topics to, to, to finish our chat with today, if we have time for them both, let's see. Um, but first up, um, pandemic or not, the trend for celebrities to launch their own wine labels continues. 
And uh, oh, most recently... <laughs> most, Just most what I was recently. hoping for, another celebrity wine. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Just another one to add to the list. This time, it's Cameron Diaz, who claims to have launched a so-called clean wine brand. Oh. Um what does that mean? What's a clean I wine brand, uh, Cameron? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, well, okay, it's, it's called Aveline or Aveline, so now she wants to pronounce it. Um, but there are two organic wines, a Spanish white wine and a French rosé, which went on sale in, across the US two weeks ago. And the clean tag is not about, um, uh, it's, it's not only about the organic part of it that I just mentioned there. Organic growth of grapes, by the way, means little or no irrigation, so not a lot of waste of water where possible, and no pesticides. Um, and, uh, but, but going beyond that organic side, um, they are also ensuring at this winery that, uh, that she's getting to produce the wines, that uh, wines are vegan. Now, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, um, of what makes a wine vegan before. but no. it's, um, Can you tell right. me? Because well, I can't in, even imagine. Unless, okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, in fact, a lot of people who are either vegetarian or vegan um, may not have researched what goes into some of the clarifying to make wine, whether it's red, white or rosé clear. There are particles of, um, of dried and powdered um, elements or ingredients that are put in. And this process is called fining. It gets all the gunge that would normally be floating around in, in wine that's been fermenting in vat to... Uh, to stick to these particles of ground, this, that, and the other, which I'll tell you what they are in a mo, um, to um, to stick to those, which can which act these particles act as a filter, so that the wine that you're left with is nice and clear. So generally, yeah, tradi- this process is called fining to make the wine clear, and it's generally um, traditionally these these are the products that have been used for fining: uh, powdered milk. Protein, so milk powders, dried and powders. Right, okay. Um, yeah, egg whites, uh, uh, gelatine. These are all separate ones that, are, that have a tradition of being used across the world in clarifying wine. Um, so gelatine, which obviously is sometimes made from animal skin or other animal protein. And the last one is fish bladder protein. So the fish bladder has been found, I don't know how, you know, at some point somebody experimented and found it's brilliant at attracting particles of gungy stuff in wine. So all of those things which um, are really, really frequently um, used for wine clarification, it goes through further filtering to get that, uh, that, those proteins with the, covered in gunk out of the wine. They're filters, but of course, there are still traces of, um, of those firing agents still in there. So they're not using any of those. That's, one of, that's an, an extra... Um, right, okay. An, yeah. I follow you now. Now I understand because I was like, I'm not quite sure. Do they do they employ animals to work in the yeah. vineyard? Is it? You know, I wasn't. Right, but right. now I get yeah. it. Now I follow. Yeah. Okay, so that's what yeah. she's done. Cameron Diaz has a- Aveline. Aveline. Yeah. A- yeah. Aveline. You Aveline? say Aveline. I say, say Aveline. And neither of us know which is the correct way. Neither of us know. I'm sure yeah. there'll be a yeah. beautiful drone footage video out there somewhere that will. Let us know what it is. I would have thought, look, if Cameron can't be on a, on a video uh, talking about it and pronouncing it the way she wants it heard, then um, then, then they're doing something wrong. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's um, it, basically, so from, from Spain for the White and uh, from Provence, uh, and they've and they're, you know when you make when you make a wine, also you often have to blend. As they've done for their Provence style rosé. There are five different uh, types of. Of, of organically farmed grapes. So they've gone through a great 
trouble to find, you know, from uh, from different vineyards, uh, organically farmed grapes to make the blends they want. This process has taken two years. It's a bit more interesting than some of the other ones that I that I've mentioned in the last, say, six months or so. There was a Post Malone, the rapper one, which came out, which which just looked like it was all about the label and having a fancy sort of stopper instead of a cork on it. And um, you know, so so I think um, they have they have put some kind of good into the thoughts behind this. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, the, the, the the last thing I really thought, if we if we have, do we have time? We or is have that time. Enough food to, to, yeah. I, I think um, you've, yeah, I'm curious now. I'd like to know what your last okay. bit of food news is. Okay, well, th- this one is less uh, less news in a way, but I came across an article this week uh, in the US wine magazine, uh, The Wine Enthusiast, which is a very accessible magazine compared to some which are very um, uh, technical in their, uh, in the way of describing uh, wine matters, so wine enthusiast, um, an American magazine. I, um, uh, I they had a piece which is an evergreen piece, really. It's not that time sensitive or newsy, but it was about um, some of the silly or strange terms that can be used to describe the terminology around wine tasting. I'm not just talking about the adjectives of you know uh, of tobacco or or various oh, different sure, flowers sure. that are used. Like it's florally yeah. and things like that, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Not, not so much those descriptors, but more about um, the actual, um, the, 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 the style of wine or an element of the wine. I'll throw these at you, uh, Cruzy, if I may. Go for um, it. To, to just a, a couple, of, just two out of ten that were listed in this article to see what, what do you think these mean. Maybe you know, but if you don't, what do you... Uh, what do you think these mean? So, what would it be? What kind of wine would it be if somebody calls it a chewy wine? A chewy or a shoe? chewy? Chewy, C H E W Y, as in Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> as in the Tuesday special. Um, yeah. Oh, um, um, I, I don't know. It has, it has, a, it tastes a bit like um, pencil erasers. Or rubber bands? Uh, <laughs> Would wow. that be it, that it has that uh, pe- Pencil lead I've heard before, but pencil <laughs> erasers. Rubbery? Yeah, yeah. What, would um, you say? what is it? No. Well, okay, I mean, I mean, I wasn't sure I've heard it used before, but, um, but it's really uh, something that is almost cloying. So chewy as in it has a viscous quality. Not literally chewy as gum. But um, but it, but, it, but it's a bit thicker in body than, uh, than some others. And a chewy wine, according to... Uh, uh, article has so it has a good amount of body on the palate, meaning that it's higher, and that comes from wines being higher in alcohol or ripeness. And when a wine is called ripe, um, that usually means that um, that it has a lot of very very sweet grapes, and that, and that the sugar turned into alcohol um, and a very concentrated flavour. Oh. So quite viscous, texturally okay. a bit viscous. I like it. I like it. It's almost yeah. onomatopoeic, but it's not quite. I appreciate yeah. that. I can appreciate that. Yeah. A chewy wine. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's what that means. And then, and then, uh, just the the second one. That I thought I'd just uh, see what you reckon on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if a if a wine uh, is uh, a, 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 it reminds you of uh, or has barnyard barnyard as in a, <laughs> a farm. <laughs> that, that's right. I'm uh, saying it has barnyard qualities. What would that mean? Do you reckon? Um, when you turn the bottle upside down, it makes a mooing sound. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! That, wow! I haven't thought about those toys for a while. You have you have a young child, I so do, but I haven't yeah, yeah. I haven't seen one of those for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe okay. is it no. something quite um quite like like uh, hay okay. aromas? Hay aromas? Yeah. 
Well, aromas, you're in the right, you're in the right city. I was about to say, actually, the fragrance. If you can't really call it an aroma or smell, it's probably a bit more like it. Um, it's, so it's not, it's not the hay so much. It's more like the fresh animal scent coming ah. from, uh, which, which actually right. comes from, uh, it comes from something to do with a byproduct of, uh, uh, of a type of yeast that's found on grape skins, which, uh, which is called Brettanomyces. That's the Latin name for it. Um, Brett, for short, in the wine trade, I think. But um, it's, uh, it's something that can cause spoilage, a yeasty kind of layer on top of grape skins that can be a challenge for a, a winemaker or a vineyard to manage it because if too much of it's kept on, it can destroy the grapes. But sometimes it's desirable for, uh, for this uh, yeasty brett mm. to be kept on there. And Burgundy, one of the you know, most esteemed areas, regions for, for wine production, um, is, uh, is often uh, in its red wine described as having barnyard uh, qualities. Wow. So, I feel I feel I feel enlightened, Andy. Thank you well, for telling me I, about chewy wines and barnyard wines. <laughs> Something a bit. Uh, I deliberately chose ones that were a bit more amusing in their in their terms than the, the other eight that were in the, that were mentioned in the article. Really fantastic. Something to lighten the day. Something to lighten the day. Okay, and anyone yeah. who's um, sitting on some nice uh, nice bottles of something in your cupboards, I think now's the time to just crack into them. Really, I think. Come so. on, it's a special occasion every day. Andy, thank you so much. We'll chat to you again next Tuesday. Thanks, Cruz. Bye now.